All right. Welcome to Year with St. Joseph podcast. I'm here with my brother, my older brother, Luke, my confirmation sponsor, Luke Robert Boley. He is the proud owner of Rounded Hill Rustic Furniture. We are in his shop, if I post this video to YouTube. Move over, there's a table behind you. He's building that table over there and other such whatnot things. He's very good at it. He's a real life carpenter, basically St. Joseph 2.0. So yeah, right. you have a lot of things to be proud of proud of surely but your name is luke robert bolia luke after the gospel writer yep. and robert after your grandfather yep. so establishing that you have a lot to be proud of what are you most disappointed in a that you didn't become a writer like saint luke or b that you didn't become a boxer like our grandpa oh wow i, I think probably that it wasn't a become a boxer i mean i don't want to get hit in the head a lot but i mean you can still be a writer i mean no offense but you're kind of Maybe peaked on your boxing boxing opportunities. So. Yeah, probably. <laughs> so it's fair. Um, I should stand <laughs> closer because you are taller than me, but you look way taller than me. Now I feel really smart. Um, <laughs> but anyways, so I want, I've been really looking forward to having this podcast with my brother because he is a carpenter. And we've had a lot of really cool uh, experiences together in our faith journey just throughout the course of our lives. Um, I, I would like to say we grew up very close, um, but yeah. I don't want to speak for you. For sure, for sure. <laughs> um, so, obviously, starting this business, um, you've, you've had maybe decades of experience in construction, um, developing your skills. Obviously, um, you've been blessed with the gift of being able to, um, you know, create things, um, but then also honed those skills over many, many years. Um, I just wanted to ask you a little bit about you know, when you went from, you know, working in various construction environments and things like that, when you decided to start your own business, I know you started kind of working and kind of building furniture at a time, seeing how it would go, but at some point, you kind of had to take a leap of faith, right? You have to quit your job at some point and be like, this is what we're doing. If it doesn't work, right. what do we do here? Um, not to put you on the spot, but actually, yes, I'm going to put you on the spot. Right. Um, <laughs> can you tell me a little bit about... Um, you know, your faith journey through that, how you, what uh, helped you take that step of faith? Um, were there any particular saints that you leaned on? Um, things like that when you kind of were discerning, you know, really starting your own business and sure. being self-employed. Sure. Um, wow. I mean, I think, you know, our family takes discernment pretty seriously, I guess, um, especially at yeah, I'd agree. different points when big decisions come about. Um, and I think starting the business for me started slowly, um, just, uh, started doing it on the side, just more as for fun. Um, and then just thought I'd try and generate some extra cash and, um, put some ads out there and started getting some furniture. But I think as it started developing, our family has continued every, I don't know, six to nine months. We, we do a family retreat where we kind of spend time doing discernment. I, we have, my wife, Amy, and I have several kids, and um, so we invite them into the discernment process. And I know one of the things that we were praying about was the business. Hey, this seems like it's going well. Do we think this is something we should continue? Or do we think, you know, it should just remain what it is? Um, and I think clearly 
in discernment and prayer, um, we, I felt like God saying to me, um, hey, you know, I've given you these gifts and I've sure. sort of set you up uh, to proceed. Um, and so for now, I'm inviting you to into that, you know, and I think I don't think God necessarily said to me, like, you have to do this is my plan. And but he kind of said, like, hey, I have this invitation for you. I've set you up for success. Um, for now, not that I'll do this forever or, or won't. I don't know. And I'm open to God changing that. But I felt like he invited us into it. Um, and that's how we started the journey. Um, sure. And I think, you know, maybe a year later we did more prayer, more discernment. And I felt like God said, continue to open doors for the business and invite us into it. Um, so I feel like owning your own business, anybody that's a small business owner, it's a lot of work and it's a lot, a lot of imagine. learning <laughs> that goes into it. A lot of things I don't know. Um, but I definitely feel like God has put, put the path before me to be tread, um, and helped us to walk it. So I don't know if that's. Yeah, helpful. absolutely. <laughs> um, and I think, I mean, just, just being around for it, I think God's guided a lot of your steps and, sure. uh, you know, put people in positions and just, just uh, you know, not to give away trade secrets or anything, but like just like access to lumber and things like that, right. especially in an environment where there's shortages in a lot of those types of materials and things like that. So um, very cool. I want to just walk back on something because I learned something today. Um, you talked about the family retreat that your family does, like you said, every six to nine months. Um, I didn't realize you did that. I think that's really cool. Uh, how would you, I guess, explain how you guys go about doing that for anybody that might think that that'd be something they'd want to try? Sure, sure. And I, I, more, I guess I should have said more discernment. It's kind of like a retreat, but um, it's something we learned, um, you know, just going through life. So um, having kids, I really like inviting them into our family discernment because our decisions that we make highly impact them, of course. Yeah. Um, and I think God does speak, um, especially to children. And I think uh, children's prayers are especially special. I think uh, God's tender heart hears them. So we always try to invite them into to our discernment. So when big things happen, we tend to try and do a discernment retreat uh, as a family. And what it looks like, to me, I'm a firm believer in when you have kids... Flexibility is super important. Um, <laughs> I just feel like you can say, hey, we're all going to sit and pray for an hour and then we're going to go to hear this talk. And then, yep. and, and like <laughs> next the baby's crying and someone pooped their pants or whatever. Sure. And, and I feel like it's supposed to be a good experience too because you're also teaching our kids that discernment and prayer is important. So we're loose. We're pretty loose about it. It's so, not a rigid So does it, does it like... Um... I mean, how long would you say? Is it like a few hours that you plan for? Do you yep. do you plan to like pray a rosary, listen to a talk, go to church? Or, you know, is it structured? Is it, I know loose and flexible, obviously. Yes. Um, but what what is what would you say like if you were to do one in a week from now, like what would you want it to look like? Okay, sure. Start? So, um, <laughs> no, it definitely has some structure. And I, we have other friends that do a similar discernment retreat and theirs. It looks a, diff a little different than ours, mm -hmm. which is... The beauty of your family doing what you do. But um, if we knew, um, we actually will be having one soon coming up. But maybe I'll talk about what we would do a lot of times is come forward with a few questions to God. You know, sure. like, hey, these are the things we are looking for you to answer. We are 
we just moved and, and, and moved to a new property. So we prayed about it, discerned about it as a family. God, yeah. do you want us to move? Sure. Do you want us to move to this property? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, maybe those are two main questions we came to him with. Um, and then we're always open to hear whatever God has to say. God might want to speak to us about nothing that has to do with buying a new house. Sure. And we try to be open to that. God, we're here asking these questions, but we also are open to whatever you want to say to us at this time. Um, and so we would tell the kids this and say, hey, these are the things we're coming to God with. These are the things we're going to pray about. So we set aside some time for prayer mm -hmm. um, as a family together. Um, you know, we typically do it in a day, day and a half, our, okay. our discernment retreat, set aside some time. So we come together as a family, discuss what we're going to pray about, pray about it together. And then we send all of our kids off to have some of their own private time. Sure. Even the little ones. Um, uh, my daughter for our home, when we were discerning moving, um, was five. And I said, you, you can just, here's your children's Bible. You can just draw pictures and just mm -hmm. listen to whatever God puts on your heart. And you just draw pictures. Um, and it's just amazing how God speaks through that. But um after we all go out, we discuss what we're praying about, asking God about. We tell our kids, be open to whatever God has to say. Because sometimes, a lot of times, God might speak to one child yep. and say something that doesn't make sense. Until you hear the next person. Sure. And, then, and so what happens is, after we all go out and pray separately, we come back together and share what we heard. Sure. And I typically journal that. As a writing, each kid, I journal what they said, um, and then we pray on that. We sort of, you start to hear themes. Mm -hmm. It's amazing how God just starts to speak and hear themes, and so we pray on that, and then um, we start to put together themes of what we're hearing God say, sure, and start to derive a direction and hear God's discernment in that. That's kind of some. I mean, I'm sure I left things out, but that's kind of how we do it. Sure, that's very cool, Megan. We'll think about that. <laughs> Anybody else's listeners? Well, kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, when we were growing up as kids and we would have on Good Friday. Um, I always remember, like, we would always block out three hours during the day. And Bob, when we were little, Mom and Dad would just be like, you know, you have to do something. You know, you can color pictures, you can pray, you can read the Bible, right. but you, you have to be quiet and you have to be prayerful. Um, and it sounds like that on steroids, but also sounds really, really cool way to engage your children. Um, and, and really have that as a family thing at, and again, being flexible with the different ages of your children and things like that. I think that's a beautiful thing. I mean, I found it to be, my wife and I and our family found it hugely impactful in leading us and guiding us, but it's not maybe as intimidating as it sounds. You know, some sure. of the kids can only sit for five or 10 minutes and yep. that's fine. <laughs> yep. You know, and the older kids can maybe sit for, an, for half an hour or 40, whatever, mm -hmm. but it's okay. It doesn't have to be this, like, you will sit in this chair for an hour and listen to what God says and write a paper on it. Like, yep. that's not how we do it. Yep. I, I mean, I, I find a lot of beauty in the chaos of a family rosary. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. Um, I, we did lots of those. I, I, I think that's just, it shows a growing church, for sure. <laughs> um, so how many how many children do you have? Not for me, for the <laughs> seven. seven. Seven children. Yeah. So they say that children are a blessing from God. Mm -hmm. um, and you have seven, and St. Joseph had one foster child. <laughs> would you say that you're more blessed than St. Joseph? <laughs> I, I, I would say that 
God has blessed me a lot. Okay, um, fair enough. Very much Not much. a fair question, but a fair <laughs> answer. Um, <laughs> um, so I wanted to talk a little bit about some uh, family experience we had, one in particular. So um, there is in, um, oh my goodness, is it, uh, it's in New Mexico, there is a staircase that was built. Um, and for those of you not familiar, it's worth looking up. Do you remember the city in Mexico? It was, it's not Santa Fe, is it? It's, I don't know. You have to put it in the link. You have to put the link to the website. Right down here. So there's a story. There's, <laughs> there's an older movie. <laughs> I'm terrible at that techo stuff. Um, I can't even say tech. Um, but so the story is um, basically there was a convent and they built a chapel. And um, apparently they, um, they designed the chapel with a choir loft, but no way to get to the choir loft. Uh, it was a small chapel, and there was no room to put stairs to get you into the choir loft. So they had ladders, um, but being a convent, um, th that's not really the most convenient when you're wearing um, nunnery clothes. Habit. Habit. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, you're maybe getting older at different times, and you can't get up to the choir loft. So, like, we need to get a staircase built. And they would bring in all these uh, contractors and engineers and designers to try to figure out a way to build a staircase. And no one was like, you can't, you can't do it. You just don't have room. Right. And so they prayed a novena to St. Joseph. Um, and as the story goes, on the ninth day of the novena, or the last day of the novena, St. Joseph, um, or not St. Joseph, a person, an old, <laughs> old person arrives at the convent and um, says that he can build them a staircase in the chapel that will get them to the choir loft, but he has a couple of rules. One, he wants to be left alone and be able to have the doors locked to work alone in the chapel. And um, as according to the um, the chapel and the convent and their, their records, there was no records of any purchases made for materials, um, tools, anything like that. Um, he finished the chapel and was gone. They never saw him again. Never got to thank him. They never got to pay him. Went into the chapel, and in the chapel is this um, beautiful spiral staircase that goes all the way up. It apparently has, it has no center support. It has um, no nails. It was all built with, with primitive tools and primitive um, construction techniques or carpentry techniques. Mm -hmm. um, and to this day, engineers go there and look at this spiral staircase to figure out how it's physically possible for it to stand and support a human walking up it with no support structure. Right. Um, basically the spiral of the staircase supports itself. Um, and so uh, my dad, one of the things he did was he used to take us on these father's son trips every year. Um, and one of the trips we took was to see this staircase. Now I was probably, actually I was 15 at the time, um, maybe 15 and a half. I remember this because I had my temps and I was too scared to drive out there, which makes me feel pretty lame. But um, you and Dad had to do all the driving. Um, <laughs> so we drove out there and got to see this. And as a 15-year-old with no construction experience or background or knowledge whatsoever, I remember looking at this thing going, how in the world? <laughs> it doesn't even make sense. Absolutely stunning. Um, so this is a big question, but I want to ask you, like, so I saw it as a kid and was, you know, to me... You'd think a spiral staircase is a spiral staircase. I would just assume it worked. But even me, like, I was like, I have no idea. This doesn't make sense. I don't even know how you twist wood like this. Right. Um, going back to that time and then maybe, like, adding your construction background to it and your carpentry background, like, does that add a layer of amazement to it? Or do you think maybe I could do that? Oh, <laughs> 
No, I'm sure uh, that's about my ability. Um, no, for sure. I, I, I think so. Yeah. It, you know, I, try, I, I work with a lot of real wood and, and not as much particle board. And so I feel like I've had to learn a lot of the older way to do things because sure. wood moves and you have to account for things differently uh, because it's less stable. Um, and there's a lot of work <laughs> yeah. that goes into some of these things that I have modern tools for to do. Yep. Um, and looking at that staircase, I, you know, I think if you look, look at it, go, Google it, it has a railing on it now. Yep. But the most stunning, I think when he built it, there was no railing. It was just yep. this, I, like you said, how does it, it stand? Just this, and thinking about the fitting of the wood, you know, the tenons and however he did it, um, and the time and the primitive tools, it's, it's amazing. It, it, I mean, I just think, like, I think, I can't remember, it has, I think, two and three quarters or maybe three full turns in it, and it's not that high. Right. So it also has to be built in a way that you're not hitting your head right. on a turn of, on top of you, and um, unfortunately, like, you can look this up, and you should, and you can see pictures of it. And, you know, I'd seen pictures of it for years, but seeing it in person and actually, like, being able to go oh, up and be like, I don't... Absolutely. You know, the pictures, it doesn't do it the justice you'd like it to. Right. Unless you're reading about what people can't understand about it's it. It's quite a thing to see. Um, it, it certainly is. So, um, encourage anybody to do research. If you want to hear about, you know, we, we don't hear as much about, you know, we hear Marian apparitions and different things like that. You don't hear about as much about... Um, you know, Joseph um, in the world today. And I think that's just a really cool, cool, it's an amazing thing. I think cool is not a strong enough word uh, to see that, um, you know, really has, you know, they believe and, and I believe that, you know, St. Joseph built the staircase. Right. Um, so definitely worth taking some time to just look up and research. And if you live in that part of the country, I mean, it's worth a road trip for sure. One thing is a life goal, my bucket list is, um, if I become a multi-millionaire, I'm going to buy that chapel. I don't, unfortunately, I don't think that that. <laughs> well, uh, no, because unfortunately, remember we were there. Unfortunately, they sold the chapel, so it's not part of the convent or anymore. So it really is a tourist attraction. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they say mass there, things like that. But if I become a multi, maybe I have to be a billionaire. I don't know. But <laughs> but I got to make my first million first. I'm going to buy that chapel right. and donate it to, to the diocese out there or something um, <laughs> and make it like still available to tourists, but maybe less of a, a money maker and more sure. of a sure. spiritual uh, place to go to. Um, like, like I said, they do bring priests in to say mass there, but it just feels different because they're kind of brought in to, to do mass. Not, right. not It's sort of an event, not, not as much of a, um, you know, what I feel like I would like that to be. So, so I just got to make my first million and then compound that a bit, and and then I can see what I right. <laughs> do Great. from there. Life goals, life goals, life goals. Um, all right. So, la just kind of in closing, a um, couple of closing questions for you. Who are some of the? I, I like to branch out of uh, Saint Joseph and just sure. kind of talk about all the saints. And I, I, I will clarify this. I've clarified this in other podcasts, but for any non-Catholics that may listen to this. 
Uh, saints are there to help us to um, be intercessors. You know, we ask them to to go to God in prayer for us. Um, we go directly to God as well, uh, but we don't worship them worship them as gods or idols or anything of that nature. Um, they are there to to bring us closer to Christ. If if we have a relationship with a saint that is not bringing us closer to Jesus, it is not a healthy relationship with a saint. Um, I like so, to think of them as community. Yeah, you know, God says. Uh, the kingdom of heaven is here even now. Yep. Um, and, you know, just as we're brothers in real life, <laughs> we're also brothers in Christ, and we have other brothers and sisters in Christ. Yep. I think that's part of our network and our family and the saints can join in that. Yep. Absolutely. So, um, just like we'd ask each other to pray for us, we believe we can ask saints in heaven to pray for us that are, are um, you know, in the presence of God. Um, I mean, we are, because he's everywhere, um, but... Uh, maybe in a, in a different way than they may have are. some insights in, <laughs> into what we can't see because we're not where they're at. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, who are some of the saints? I guess that you go to um, when you're dealing with different things, or or just in general. Sure. Um, I have a real love for Saint Therese of Lisieux um, and Saint Faustina Kowalska. Um, I, I really, and also St. Benedict, but I, I, I think most often of, of Therese of the Sioux, I think, and Sister Faustina. Sister Faustina brought us the Divine Mercy, yep. the image of Divine Mercy, Divine Mercy Chaplet, and um, Therese of the Sioux is the little way or the little flower. Um, and I, I kind of connect them together because Therese talks about how we need to be small, we need to be little, and, and God can find a way. And I, I feel like that is what I'm here to learn how to do. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And I feel like um, Sister Faustina's message that God gave to her is about mercy um, and how abounding God's mercy is. Uh, and I, I guess what I've come to learn, I think, and what God's teaching me is that he has all this mercy for us. Yep. Um, but we have to say yes. In order to say yes, we have to say, I, I need help. I need yep. help. And I think it's easy for me to pray, oh, God, I need your help. Um, but I don't know that my heart is always saying, well, my heart is saying, I can do it. I, I think especially in Western culture, we... We're bred to do things ourselves, care for mm -hmm. ourselves, provide for our futures, which are all good things in their order. Um, but to say, I can't do it by myself, I need your help, I think yeah. can be a hard thing. Um, and I so desperately know I need God's mercy and want God's mercy. Um, but I also need to be able to ask for it, admit I need the help, um, which of course I do. Of course yep. I do. I don't mean to say that like <laughs> you do, I got no, <laughs> but I I definitely do. But I think the selfish part of me wants to say I can do it, and I think kind of leaning on Tres of Lisieux and this this idea of becoming child. Um, children don't worry about that kind of thing. If they need help, they just come ask for help. I mean, they just totally dependent on. Um, a good parent and on a parent to to provide for their needs and I feel like in surrendering 
um, my selfishness and surrendering my pride and participating in being a child before God um, has helped me a lot. Um, so those are two of my favorite saints. I do think that God also calls us and me um, and men and women to stand up and be men and women of God. Um, just as he invites us into childhood, I think he also, there's a time and place he invites us into stepping up and standing out for him. So I think, you know, I don't know, we kind of go back and forth where different points we need to be childlike and different yeah. points God says, I'm giving you grace and my spirit to, to, to proclaim. Um, so I think both are good at the right time in our spirituality. Yeah. Oh, I was like with St. Teresa of Lisieux that I, she makes she makes it feel possible. Yes. With her little way where you're like, exactly. oh, I don't have to, you know, move to wherever and, you know, feed a million people or something, which is great if I can do that. But, um, you know, that little way is, is a is a possible way for everybody. <laughs> um and that, that's one thing that, you know, growing up in a, in a devout Catholic family, um, you know, kind of just in the theme of being men and women of God, I was asked a lot, um, you know, we go to daily mass sometimes and, you know, being a young person and a male at church on a Tuesday, um, you know, led to people saying, you're going to be a priest. And, and uh, I would always be like, you know, I feel like, I feel like husbands and fathers are called to the same holiness that Absolutely. priests are and, and nuns are. Um, so the fact that I'm at church on, on a Tuesday at, you know, 15 years old or 16 years old should should be a hopeful sign to someone that wants to be a father as a, a parent, a dad, um, as well as being a priest as well. So, um, so I, absolutely. All right, pop quiz. Um, St. Luke is who you're named after. Uh, do you know his symbol? I think it's light or a candle or something. It's an animal, like the animal symbol. I don't. It is a winged bull, which I found interesting because I've heard of winged lions and winged horses, but a winged cow is not one that I have thought of. And I forget the bull part, but the winged is supposed to be the spreading of the gospel. And I feel like it took about 2,000 years before an energy drink decided to capitalize on that image. Oh, sure, sure. <laughs> So it's really, really, it's a holy thing. Yes, absolutely. So next time you crack a Red Bull, just think of St. Luke. Somebody Open the gospel. Would, could comment on how Jägermeister and Red Bull going together. Oh my goodness. We are uniting holiness. We should have brought those to drink. Next time. Next time. So just anytime you need a prayerful drink, Red Bull and Jägermeister. <laughs> um, and then my last pitch for your shop, which is awesome, is, uh, have you ever considered naming it St. Joseph's Workshop? Uh, I think it did come up. For um, me, maybe? <laughs> uh, maybe from you, when we were thinking about the name, but I don't, uh, we do pray, you know, I, I feel privileged to be here, and uh, God's blessed it. Maybe a discernment retreat question. <laughs> yes, we should bring that for discernment and put it before God. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for cutting out time. We are in the middle of the work day, so, so Luke is cutting out of work to be here with us. Happy so to do it. Really appreciate that. Um, thank you all for listening. God bless, and St. Joseph, pray for us. Pray for us.